Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and I've got on the line today, Malka. Are you are you there? I'm here, Alan. Do I pronounce it? It's Malka Labelle. Correct. Okay, so we're not going to put any labels on your last name, now are we? No, you can't put a label on me. My name is already Labelle. That is crazy. So look, you your company's called the Green Generation Company, is that right? That is correct. Yes, I'm going to allow you. I'm going to allow you to tell us about that in a sec. But I need to to tell you this is episode number 153. I don't wow. know how many number. You know, like it's because once we're past, if you take a hockey reference, the jersey can't fit a number greater than 99 or Wayne Gretzky. So that right. that shows you how old I am. I make hockey references to everything. But we're into the UFC. We're into the UFC now. This is like Ultimate Fight Club or whatever numbers you can you can come up with. Right, or if you talk to, I think you've talked to my friend Vanessa Chislett, who's all about the anagrams, which I friggin' don't get. Oh, but yeah. one plus five plus three is yes. nine, and nine is a lucky number in my world. So well, she said go. seven was hers because the three it was three dressed up as a nine. Wait, that's a that's a song. Um, <laughs> your yeah, so hers was seven, and I, so because it was one forty two. So you're a little bit get that I just remember that because that you're right. So one fifty three yields nine. But back yeah. to my hockey reference, number nine was Gordy Howe. And he was iconic. He was iconic. And, so And the Wayne Gretzky was better. Ninety nine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh come on. He was just a he was just a better hockey player, yeah. So look, so Malka, tell us about the green the green generation company and what got you started there. Yeah, so um the green generation company was uh started out as I'm going to say a class project Um, in my MBA at Queens in 2018. um, One of our classes was uh, an entrepreneurship and innovation class, which kind of ran like a dragon's den format. We had like the, the Queens AMBA program that I did ran where we were mostly in Calgary, but then three times a year we were together as a cohort in Kingston at Queens. And the way that this class worked was we had to come up in the, seven months that this course is running we had to come up with a a team project a a team business concept from idea to pitching to the dragons which were literally our professor who was on the angel network of uh on board directors for angels of ontario and other business like you know people that had raised money and had successful businesses some of them were previous class attendees so that was the framework in which this original business started yeah and the, but the business was actually about green energy. It was a we we had a renewable. I personally had a connection with another company called Portable Electric. Yeah. And I urge you to do a, a call with them. They're based in Vancouver, but they're from Calgary. Okay. And they invented this really cool um, uh, battery, which is a, um, a basically like a Tesla battery, but it's on wheels, so it doesn't have to be in something, and it's recharged with solar panels and. The concept of the Green Generation Company for the purpose of the class was to come up with a new business model to get these for the portable guy wheels, yeah, out to the out to the masses, out to have it, and it was a franchise concept. It's kind of like um, like a college pro type thing where oh, yeah. you know, this one guy in his truck has a battery, and he's going to go out and charge people's parties, and and you know if they're if they're needed for emergencies. Anyway, the business did not fly for the purpose of the class. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Wait, the and, portable. So you what, went with the portable battery, and that failed. I mean, it sounds brilliant. It was it was brilliant as a business that it was already running. But yeah. my, the concept that I was was trying to turn into a franchise model. 
it's just I just didn't do well with explaining it. The purpose of we were on the stage and uh, for this class and the being able to concisely explain what it was and how the investors would make money yeah. was where it fell apart. So, <laughs> but I thought my and my team thought it was a great idea. So I took that opportunity because we were still in the course to ask the professor who. Um, was this old British guy? Yeah. He's, he's one of my mentors now, so yeah. I make fun of him all the time. But he's um, one of these guys where um, he won't really take your call unless he's like outside of class, unless what? he thinks he's the professor. Awesome. Really, he wouldn't. He wouldn't take your calls outside the class. He, well, he would, but he'd be really stingy with his. Like, he would be like, "You could reach me, but like, I'm not going to give you all of my time." Like he he did a lot of stuff. Anyways, he just kind of had a chip on his shoulder. That was part of his crazy his shtick. So his shtick. I felt fortunate that I got an opportunity to talk to him when we called it when he when he had his top down, which is a was an expression because he would drive between Toronto and Kingston yeah. in a convertible. And <laughs> yes. if you caught him when he was driving yeah. and he didn't want to talk to you, he'd say, Sorry, I'm driving with a top down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to get How convenient. How convenient. But when I called him, he's like, he's like, hold on, let me put the top up, oh. and then you can talk. So then I got like three hours of his time on the phone when he was driving to find out what went wrong with the project. Anyways, long story short, um, he said that there was a really, really, really good parts to it, but um, you know, it was just complicated. That was kind of it. The reason it was too complicated for that that way that we were doing things but he says go keep running with the business the green generation concept because that's good so i sort of went back to my brain drawing board and yeah. while i was in school this was in 2018 it was the year that cannabis was became legal in canada oh, and i right. got a bunch of junk mail in my you know business mailbox like you know i had a i had, I had gone ahead and actually uh bought the not only the domain names but the uh registration so they like I registered in Alberta right, right. and I had all this junk mail from companies that seemed to think the green generation had something to do with cannabis there were invitations oh, for events and that's hilarious light bulb moment I'm gonna pivot <laughs> into the cannabis sector and keep the name so, so you were thinking batteries you were thinking like Tesla batteries portable battery charging car Tesla cars and suddenly you you you, you the blossomed into this cannabis well, play it was really about, so the ethos of the company, which has not changed, uh, which is my concept, my personal goals uh, for a business person is I really want to be able to take um, the stuff that's happening right now in the world. So whether it's the green energy or whatever, right. Uh, right. And, tr and bring it back to make things more green for the purpose of, you know, um, sustainability, for longevity, for and make it fresh and new so that we can all continue living for a long time. That's my general ethos of the company right and um it, it came together in the brand name and it came together in my, yeah. the reason why i decided to stick more out with the cannabis side than the green energy side but it all tied together so that's why i have that company name and i i'm owning it and i love it sure and it means different things to different people and that's okay so you i mean that i mean you're right there's so many ethos that can go in terms of Green energy, renewable, ener renewable energy, plastic-free, uh, the cannabis side, which in itself has a there's so if you dr if you drill down, there's a lot there. Not you know from your experience, you probably know that the the difference not just about you. I go to your website, right? For example, yeah. remove the stigma, and you and I laughed. Yeah. You and I laughed a little bit offline, but it's true, right? It's yeah. more than just having a little hoot or a blunt in your car. Right? Yeah. It's huge. I mean, my, my sister, for example, 
is they can't like cancer victims are using it now for pain relief and other things. I mean, that's a simple level. I, you're right, and that's the thing is that unpacking the layers, and yeah. this is so. I'm in the. I'm my goal as a company is to help bring a spotlight to the businesses that are doing this in my portfolio, as well as find investment because the things that they're working on are revolutionary and different in the sense that they're not just about putting this product in your body and reaping the benefits from how great cannabis can be yeah. as a medicinal agent, but more so in the fact that they. The plant itself is revolutionary. It's been around so friggin' long, yeah. and there's so many applications. And I have lots of this on my on my LinkedIn and my other feeds, and all of my blogging, where I talk about this plant has the opportunity to heal the world on so many different levels. Sure. Uh, by taking fully, like if you, I don't know if you know much about the hemp space, but this is another area which just needs a ton more investment and interest. Um, and it's been around forever. Like I mean, just to take the simple level of the hemp clothing and hemp hemp wear because they're using the stock, right? The the pure right, leafless, yeah. Those are the end products. The actual growing of hemp and the actual just the hemp itself yeah. literally sucks carbon out of the air. It's a reverse wow. the carbon negative material so instead of making a plastic which takes a ton of carbon sure. it's literally made from oils like oils and gas brought out of the ground when you make things out of car uh, out of hemp and you can make almost every plastic polymer that is made right now into a finished good can be made with a hemp plastic and yeah. that is happening around the world and it's fantastic not not nearly enough in canada not happening at all in canada which is one of the my, my goals is to bring some of this technology into canada but uh, hemp, hemp, that, hemp technology you're talking like hemp technology to use it to make plastic or correct. Yeah. It's wow. just starting. It's not even like it's very, it's a thing we call it the embryonic stage, but there's a massive opportunity because in using hemp uh, and biomass yeah. and hemp uh, herd, there's so many parts of the hemp plant to make material. It literally takes all of the carbon that yeah. is used to make the, the alternative product and then pulls more out of the atmosphere on an ongoing basis That's crazy. so it has a regenerative property to the earth and therefore to our lives and our sustainability and that's what i'm all about that's insane. that's that's pretty actually interesting so earlier uh, one of my earlier podcasts was with a fellow named uh, perry toms at steeper energy and i think you two should talk and i don't i mean this really because he talks about biomass and creating biofuels from biomass it sounds like there's yeah. some similar pro like that's fuel exactly. but you're talking about hemp-based, you know, being for plastic alternative. I've never heard this. The first time I heard that. And I worked in oil and gas for a long time. I mean, I was in, That's I was because a, the oil and gas company, if they heard about it, if they knew about it, they probably know about it. If, if they knew about it, they would be out of business. And that's why now is such an amazing time yeah. because there's so much technology that existed in the oil and gas business and a lot of it can transfer to other things like hemp. So we're not losing what we've learned out of oil and gas. We're just keeping the oil and gas on the ground. It's yeah. safe there. It's fine. And use material that can reverse the harms that oil and gas as an entire friggin' industry and as an entire world domination over plastic materials sure. has harmed us. Well, and it's the secret that is not one, it's one that people would want to bury, right? Because of the fact that it it would reverse the, the, the monetary incentivization to use oil and gas and to keep the oil and gas energy going and to keep pipelines happening. Sure. I, my belief is, my belief is that we need a distributed energy uh, new world and we don't need to be based on oil, only on oil and gas. We can have a, mil a million alternatives to how we get our, our energy, right. including biomass, 
that is one really good way because um, you're essentially just burning garbage essentially uh, to make fuel and that to me is a blessing right you don't need to be based on the oil and gas industry you can have just as many jobs and just as much well, you have an alternative you have the alternative which is a reasonable alternative not a a drastic this is going to replace oil and gas as you said it'll stay there we can still use it for more, I guess, more, you know, exotic, whatever the recent uses, use cases are. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. So, look, I want yeah, to go back to... I came from oh. the oil and gas world. Isn't that crazy? I worked for five years in the oil and gas world and was very successful in that industry. Yeah. But I also saw that there was a lot of things that could be better, and that's why I like this new position that I'm in, is that I have the ability to talk about it without being tethered to an agenda. Yeah, that makes... You know, I, I agree. So, you know, listen, when I, when I went back to Perry, when Perry and Tom's from... Again, steeper energy because you really hit a several several points here. But he said, for seven years, I went downtown. So he was just outside the downtown core. And he goes, I'd knock on the doors, you know, in 2012, 13, 14. And suddenly, this last few years, they've been listening, but it took a long time. So I think you're going to have to you're going to have to pound some doors, or maybe you already have, uh, to change that to be, beat that drum louder, I guess, across the globe. Well, because they're crying already, right? Yeah. And the government is not going to bail them out like they have before. Um, and and the pe people are understanding that it's it's there's parts to the story that are true and there's parts of the story that aren't true. But the point is we need to find a better way anyways. So that's what people are being more open to now is that it's clear that things like COVID would make sure everyone stay home and we can still function as a society, yeah. maybe not as lucrative or profitable, or people are are going to have to change what they do to be successful or to just live. But, Malka, I, I lived in Dubai in 2009 or eight. Yeah. And they were, the book was called peak oil and they were right. scared. And that's when oil prices, but before that in 2005, 2006, oil prices were rising because everyone was afraid. It hit $150 a barrel or one forty seven. That was insane compared to, you know, to today's prices. And that right. literally, but the peak oil was, there is going to be no oil. And I remember going to, because they hadn't unlocked shale yet. Yeah, I mean, well, that, you're right. It, it didn't come to. They figured that out. Now yeah. we're all doomed because Trump is in power and he's taken away all the controls <laughs> for keeping well, that stuff in the ground sure. and letting it flare out of the stacks. And literally they reversed that. And, and apparently in Alberta too. Um, anyways, I, I carried away. But I, I'm not against the oil and gas industry. I think it's fantastic. It, it you know made this province what it is. Sure. Um, and we found uses and hardworking people and educated, smart R&D and innovation never experienced before. Yeah. And we have the challenge of a super tough um, restrictions and regulations around it, which made us think differently on how we do things. And that's good. You know, same thing with cannabis. Like the cannabis industry in Canada got started and is working right now under the harshest regulations in that's the right. world. That's right. But there's a reason for that. And the reason is Canadians around the world are, and, and Canada is thought to be a highly respected, yeah. high quality, safe, very safe place of, of people and things and if it's coming from Canada it's commanding a premium dollar because that is what our government has done it's given us a strict strict structure in which we have to be innovative and different and think outside that box yeah. and not use the phrase well we've always done it this way because those are the most expensive words in the English language well you know again it, it, you know I've had many podcasts under the COVID era 50 times literally over 50 podcasts already in the past couple of months and you know the, the consistent theme is things will change i mean you can watch the news and you know that um it will change and whether it's a long-term permanent change 
or a hybrid, whether it's in schooling, whether we're the way we work, uh, you know, I mean, but look, we're here to talk, we're here to talk green. <laughs> Let's talk green. Cause I want to go back to, you, there's something on your website. It talked about you, you've got a weekly, are you part of the cannabis 101 podcast? Yeah, that's a, so I'm on a segment uh, called The Business of Cannabis yeah. on Wednesdays with um, Dean Millard. So his cannabis, his podcast is called The Cannabis 101 Podcast. Yes. And every Wednesday I join him to discuss these topics um, on about centered around the business side of cannabis Brilliant. as opposed to the consumption side, yeah. right? So <laughs> yeah. that's where I talk about these crazy ideas and how we should be doing more of them yeah. and, and the stigma and what my clients are doing. I focus on change makers. So those are companies that I'm seeing that are coming out with something totally different or really interesting and hugely viable. Their largest challenge is getting money to start up. And that's yeah. what I'm doing is trying to help them find those people and make their, make their plea bigger because that's something that we should really be looking at. You know, ironically, cause you and I talk, cause I'm, I'm, I am from the old school, but Cheech and Chong was, was a part of my life when I was growing yeah. up. Right. So, and Tommy Chong, he went to, he went to Crescent Heights. I think you went yeah, to. He's from Calgary. He went to my. He went to my high school, not yours, because you went to Wisewood. But I, I cheated and I found out. But look, so it's pretty. It's it's cool. Uh, not cool. It's 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 interesting now. It's come full circle from the Jeff Spicoli days. Of if, if I, you probably that's a little before your time as well. Sean Penn playing the the, the druggie in that movie. Yeah. Fast, yeah. So, but that the stigma. I guess you've got to unpack that. Do you spend time in the podcast or when you talk to people? Oh my gosh, a large portion of my time is just dispelling myths. Yeah. And largely because, particularly in Canada and for the masses, there has been no source of common education yeah. for the people. And specifically, that's been part of and the major criticism of the government is they haven't allowed there to be any way, incentivized way, so any way to make money from educating people about the basic information about this plant. Yeah. And that, that's what I'm doing. I have a workshop. That's one of the things I work on is I have a workshop that's a, it's an event that I can... I do it other in small groups or whatever. I was sure. doing them in the, uh, in boardrooms and things like that before COVID. And also yeah. uh, people that were ATB customers and things were allowed to come and see this. Oh, nice. So there's all this whole age gating thing, right? You have to be an over the age of 18 to learn about cannabis. So my, my personal workshops <laughs> were focused on business professionals, yeah. like accountants, financiers, realtors. I used to be an accountant. That- I'm no longer just to let the listeners, the two listeners out there, I've, I'm now a podcaster. But, what, what, but that's so the that's, thing is that there's a lot of people out there like you yeah. that just think of the stigma. Think of the Sean Pens and the smoking in the back alley and the hash. And there's so much more, even in the business opportunity. Like I just talked about the hemp stuff. There are so many more things that can be new business opportunities that don't involve But it's so good. So I'm going to tell you, this is a bit of a rant. This is because you've been ranting. I'm going to, you're going to let me rant now. No, but literally I came back. I'm not ranting. I'm just going to, I'm just kidding. You've been really, it's been really informative, but I wanted to say when I first came back, cannabis stores everywhere. And it's like this dark, I, like what is, it's like this behind, when I lived in the Middle East for 10 years, it took us forever to find out that that was a liquor store, the red door. I thought it was a brothel. It was, a, it was a, it was a little in the, in the Middle East in Dubai. So there was a red door and, and it was this quiet, closed thing. No, you couldn't tell it was a liquor store. So I come back to Canada and there's cannabis stores everywhere. And I'm like, what is that shop? And then you, then some were obvious, right? But others aren't. It's like just behind but the that's scenes. only in Calgary and Alberta. Like yeah. if you go through the rest of the country, yeah. I mean, Alberta has 400 currently open cannabis uh, stores, retailers yeah. right now. Right. In Ontario, there's 50. 
in the entire province wow. of Ontario. Doug Ford, didn't so, his brother, didn't his brother, wasn't he a known, uh, no, okay, I'm not going politics, but there was, you know, they had, it's, it's ironic because I think his brother had issues, the the, prime, the premier of, of Ontario, right? His brother, yeah. yeah, well, anyway, wow, so 50, 50 to 400, that's insane because they've got d- double, triple the population there. Right, and and so this is one of the reasons that the investment opportunity doesn't look so great for Canada because we haven't really shown and proved the revenue out yeah. that there's business in there, and that's just because there isn't enough stores open where you can legally buy it, and there is zero marketing campaigns around it. Have you ever wondered why you haven't seen those? I haven't. I haven't wondered, but I haven't they seen don't them. Exist. Wow. Well, because <laughs> they it's don't so restrictive. You're inside the cannabis bubble. Yeah. Um, and you have to subscribe to everything. You have to have permission. The company has to have permission to send you information about their products. And they can't tell you anything about them in the <coughs> store either. Like there's a, an entire gag order yeah. around this. And that's essentially perpetuating stigma. So you literally had the, the law. Because I was overseas. I heard about the law passed. And my, you know, we stand on guard for the, and we've even got cannabis for the. But literally, it, it's, as you said, to your point, there's no marketing. And I think because your hand, this is what you can tell your, because your hands are cuffed, you're handcuffed for marketing. I think you need to, they need to put some kind of a handcuff type thing in their marketing. I don't know. It's just, it's incredible for the amount of stores that are, that are out there in Calgary, just in Calgary. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, a lot. And there's so, more opening. Like there's not, it's not stopping. There's no, uh, there's no cap. Uh, other provinces have capped it, so some of the like oh, okay. provinces have capped it. Some of them are only run by the government, like yeah. you know, like the LCBO kind of concept yeah. in Ontario. Yeah, that's part of the reason why Ontario doesn't have a lot of stores. It's because at first they were going to run it like the LCBO, and then they realized that this is kind of a different business. Maybe yeah. we should rethink this one. Yeah. <laughs> so now the, the, the but the stigma. You're right. The stigma. Online. It just sits behind closed doors, the, the closed curtain. That there's no windows. Like okay, four four twenty premium market. Uh, the girl was, I can't remember her name. She was on my uh, podcast. It was, it's been a while. And, and literally, I didn't know it was a cannabis play until two, two minutes before the, the podcast. So okay. Amber, yeah. Amber, it was Amber. But, uh, you know, yeah. li- Amber Peters. Yeah, I know her. Yeah. So literally, I mean, this is, okay, so that probably has to change at some point because there's so, you know, you, you started with hemp and I'm thinking green clothing and, you know, like <laughs> that's a stigma as well, right? Exactly, and the, and the problem is that so because t- marketing has been outlawed yeah. of all types, particularly to under age eighteen demographic. Sure. Um, and further to that, um, there's been no education. So think about it this way: like if you like, let's talk about a- Apple iPhone because I think that's a, the closest example. There's just so there's no plays here that are equivalent. Let's pretend that the iPhone, the Apple iPhone, was you know about to come onto the market, and um, you know they they had all these ads. I think they started with the iPod or whatever with the white ear, you know, the white uh, yeah. headphones that everyone is very iconic. You had no idea what the hell that thing was. Like, why do I need that? <laughs> It's a Sony. I, I got my Sony Walkman. I'm okay. Yeah, like I have, a, I have something that does it. Why? You know, that was the thing. It's like, why? What the hell would I need this yeah. thing? And what does it do? Yeah. And then you have Steve Jobs get out there in a bazillion dollar marketing campaign that explained what this really cool thing was going to do to change the world. And yeah. there, now we are 15 years later, and they're killing us literally. Like the screens, terrible. So. Um, <laughs> But what we know about cannabis is that we actually know the more we learn is that it's actually really good for you, sure. for most people, to consume it, to eat it, like the, the hemp side of it. And there's so much more to it than just 
like the one thing that you may know about from your past of doing hash or rolling a joint. <laughs> and the medicinal. I did uh, not research. inhale. I did not inhale. For the listener, the one <laughs> everyone fell off already. So there's one listener left. I did not inhale. No, but it's incredible. You're right. So they they just yeah. they they enhance this this veil of secrecy, and literally. Okay, to your point about not uh, you know educating. I remember a time when I was growing up and people just throw McDonald's bags all over and garbage all over, right? Until you, 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 uh, you know, there was marketing campaigns and awareness and then fines and all that. You know, so, I mean, if you don't educate young people, they're going to grow up in 18 and say, you know, they're going to want to go to a liquor store, get, you know, the, the, the kind of, I'm just trying to think of those times of uh, when, when I was growing up and, you know, this alcohol, I don't think we ever advertise now. It's all over the place. So, right, and, and exactly, and it, it's, it's the kind of thing that it's we're at the early embryonic phases yeah. of this of this brand new concept as not just an industry, it crosses every industry, um, and it could be part of every part of our lives. My belief and my goal is to help take cannabis yeah. as part of this giant cog thing so that it is part of every part of our lives, Ever, whether it be a part of a plastic and something that we have as a material, whether it be part of our fabrics of our lives, you know, whatever, whoever invented that tagline, and then also whatever <laughs> we eat because it's very good for you um, um, from a, a consumption point, from a food product, not to get high, yeah. although that's also good too for lots of things, sure. and also medicinally. And we're just not there yet. And there's no, there needs to be, I believe, and something you could actually start working on a little bit was create the education from the elementary stages. Like, it's a plant. Well, plants grow in soil. That's part of a kindergarten curriculum. Why can't we talk about the feminized and male seeds as part of a curriculum? Because that makes it okay. It ends the stigma when kids learn about things from an early age, about how it's, how it's beneficial or, you know, the good things apart it. Um, and how those parts, when you have too much of it, it's bad, right? That's yeah. true for anything. Yeah. That's where it needs to be started. Um, and those kids will grow up to put cannabis into all of their business plans in some way, shape or form. And then we'll have a new world. But right now it's entirely stymied and there's no incentive. There's no commercialization of the education of cannabis because our education is free. Like we get it either free in the school system or free online or we subscribe to stuff. So unless you've chosen to subscribe to this information, which is not free uh, or not coming from Canada, then it's, it's almost impossible to get you know, it's interesting. You've really hit on something that's important because they, they enacted the law, but it's going to take a generation. And I'm going to I'll give you a, something you could understand. In 1830, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. put the law, law on a ball. I can't remember the term of, for slavery. It Abol- took abolition. Yeah, ab- yeah abolition. I was like, but in 1865, that's when Abraham Lincoln. He actually the movie. If you watch the movie Lincoln. And he said it took a generation to change the view that this this slave, and I, I, I'm sorry to make this reference, but he literally in the movie Lincoln, he said, I had one, there was a right of an individual, inherent right of an individual to be free. But secondly, the individual who owned that that slave also had the right as an asset, as a car, well, that wasn't the original cars. But so he had a dilemma, but it took a generation before. Oh, for sure. And, and a civil war, but you know, that's incredible. So the best example to that, and I talk about this at length in my uh, content online, is in my blogs, is the Coca-Cola. So the whole current oh, investment yeah. in industry has turned cannabis into a CPG or consumer packaged good, yeah. which is 
absolutely abhorrent. And the people that are doing that think that the only thing of value that's inside that package is the 1% to 3% of it that is actually THC. The higher percent of THC, the more valuable it is. So that's just outright wrong, in my opinion. And also because those people are trying to figure out how to make THC in a lab so you don't even have to grow a plant. That's their agenda. They're working with pharmaceutical companies and bioscience companies, and their holy grail is to get the effect of THC without even growing the whole plant. And therefore, you fully obliterated the entire purpose of making cannabis legal, is to do learning about the plant and all these other things. Anyways, the consumer packaged good hail came from Coca-Cola. So I look back in the history books on Coca-Cola. It's easy to find. There's bazillions of things about the history of Coca-Cola. Yep. And when it was discovered as Cocaine. something that was good for you, this syrup that yep. was, had these elative effects, I looked at, you can find them. The, the history books show this one scientist, he was a chemist or a pharmacist actually, in 1880-something. It was cocaine. Um, it was a cocaine base, right? Right. It was, a, it was an element that included cocaine, which is why it had the Coca-Cola in it from yep. the coca plant, yep. and this blau- brown elixir, and the marketing around it all talked about it being making you stimulated and energized for the and for the women in your life, making them excited. There's all these beautiful posters of women talking about it like it's getting them high. Like like and it has the word on it like like it's like um, cocaine. It's good for you and it's but it's not as bad for you as cocaine. That's what the marketing was wow. when Coke came out two hundred and fifty years ago. Sure. And then the Coke brand evolved. It took out the cocaine at some point, put sure. it in a red Kirby bottle because it still looked like a woman, and that was part of their subversive advertising. Amazing, amazing. And then they added Santa to the picture because, of course, <laughs> Coke and Santa go hand in hand naturally, right? Has red in it. So I wrote an entire piece about this. I'm like, the CPG world created was 250 years in the making that started with a, a, a pharmacist making something to make people feel better for themselves. That's incredible. And they're trying to do it in one year and not having the instant dollar success. You wonder sure. why. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, that is fascinating. So you go back to Coca-Cola and now they're, they're leading or they led the charge for the CPG moniker, I guess. The label, back to your label, right? They put a label on it. They've labeled it. Wow. Yeah, and, and the whole CPG premise is that, so in if you look, if you break down what is a CPG product, so there's obviously millions of them. Sure. They're controlled by large companies, and it's all about the brand. So Tide is a very well-known CPG product. Yeah. Um, you know, every uh, soft drink beverage is a CPG product. Um, every pharmac- every like over-the-counter OTC pharmaceutical, like Tylenol, etc. Most of our food packages, let's look at the blue box of Kraft Dinner. Those are iconic brands put into a box. Yeah. And the value of the thing inside of it is entirely in the label. Because you could literally substitute what was inside the box with another lower cost item, and most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Sure, <laughs> which is why it's valuable. The branding and the advertising is what happens. Well, so let's go back to, to clarify then. The CPG branding isn't good, or it could be good because they're trying to control because it's CPG. So then you have to because it's got this content of THC in it. Is that is that the issue? I'm just trying. To- well, the, the premise of the CPG for cannabis started before the laws about okay. promotion came yep. out in Canada. And in the U.S., this is okay. So you can tell what the product is. You can have brand colors, brand stories. Yeah. You can talk about the quantity of THC and CBD and what the product oh, okay, the okay. benefit is yep. on the label. 
right? So all of those, the, the whole thing is that all of the information that you understand about this product is on the label, and therefore you, uh, over time, you trust that this is a good brand right, that you're right. going to rely on, and you know that's what you're going to pick off the shelf because it has that label on it. Yeah. Well, the, by in Canada, they made it so that's not allowed at all because all the labels look the same. So I'm the CPG sure link. So the CPG link doesn't make a CPG or a consumer package good doesn't make sense in Canada for the law. Correct. Okay, I got Correct. it. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. And it's and those like, like I said, this is not well understood sure. by people because they're like, Oh, of course it can be a CPG good. Now, well, how come the brands aren't successful? It's because they're they're not allowed to talk about their product or have any kind of distinguishing characteristics about their product on the label. Yeah, I mean literally I that's when I came back to Canada. It was last summer. There was a it was a Quebec yeah. company and they had ex thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of inventory and the, the labeling was all or the la- of labeling and the materials for marketing, and to your point there, they were they had to throw it all away. They couldn't use it. Right, wow. because it didn't qualify. Like, the labeling is very strict. The, yeah. the actual brand icon can't be more than four millimeters high. It can't be bigger than the THC yeah. like, stop sign. And there, there has to be more warning label about how the harms are of this product than yeah. there can be about what the product's name is. Right. So that's a detriment to the to consumer. It's right? more like a cigarette. Don't know what it is, other than what's wrong with it. More like the cigarettes, but I mean that they, right. you know there was big packaging. This could kill you. They've got, that's been around for a while. That 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 pack- right. But, but there's no evidence that cannabis can kill you, and they yeah. keep trying to do it, and they can't find it because they can't. And there's a physiological reason for that, and that's part of the education that people need to understand. That well, how, our what bodies was, have that, and people don't know that. What was this, in the simplest form? What what caused the momentum for legalization? It was just the the pressure on the court systems, the legal side. What was it? I mean, no, it was. I mean, I have to say, it was. A, it was not just one thing. If there isn't a simple answer, but there's first of all, thousands of Canadians have solved their own problems in the health system. So they haven't been able, there's a lot of people that grew, grow cannabis on their own because you can do that. You can have a license to grow for medicinal reasons and it's right. been around for about 25 years. Oh, okay. okay. So the people that were in that, that had those licenses and they had to learn how to do it themselves. Like they didn't, there was no textbook. There was no, you know, there's no course online 25 years ago on how to grow cannabis. They just figured it out and they figured out how to grow strains that could help them for, for health reasons. And ah, um, so there was a kind of a, a generation, right? That's a, you said twenty-five years. That's a generation. Yeah. That's it yeah. took. So okay. People were doing it generation for for health reasons, and then yeah. selling it to have some income for themselves because they probably couldn't work. Like the things that they were solving were things like major, like fibromyalgia and lupus. Things were major pain disorders, yeah. cancer, things like that, where their 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 problems were so severe they couldn't work. Sure. So they were, you know, so they had to have something to keep. Like living, right. the, the medical system wasn't helping. They couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons, and there was a ton of pioneers in that space that pushed for legalization um, while before it was legal. And some of them went to jail, and some of them have come out of jail, and some well, of them haven't. <laughs> Tommy Chong, like literally, it was either Tommy yeah. Chong or Cheech Marin. They interviewed him on CBD. You just came out of jail with the Wolf of Wall Street guy. You know, I'm like, what? I literally, what? It was a CNBC, and she he was in Colorado. And she said, they just legalized, uh, this was two years ago, they just legalized cannabis and you were in jail for cannabis use. And he's like, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, literally, it was kind of one of those stupidity of the moment, but he was a jail cell with the, the Wolf of Wall Street guy. But they, anyway, just made news. 
Yeah, no, but you're right. So, and I guess one of the, the more recent, um, I'm going to say brands here, because that's what exactly what it was, is Charlotte's Web. So I'm not sure if you know the story of Charlotte's Web. But, Wilbur? Um, Wilbur? <laughs> no, not the not not Wilbur? book with the pig. <laughs> Charlotte is a little girl. Unfortunately, she just passed away a few months ago right. due to COVID. She was a 13-year-old little girl, but when she was two years old, yeah. she, had, she still had, or had until her death, these extreme epileptic Oh, I didn't know. Like, Jeez, I didn't know. I was terrible. thinking maybe. Wow. So, little Charlotte Fiji was her name, and her family was from Ohio, and yeah. in 2013, I think, they found that, uh, or they heard through some source, that these Stanley brothers in Colorado were growing this cannabis that yeah. was not psychoactive. It was high in CBD, and, and this was potentially the answer to save their daughter. So, they moved their entire family from wow. Ohio to Colorado, hooked up with the Stanley brothers, who are seven beautiful men, they're all brothers, and their brand, their... The whole reason why it got legal in the U.S. is because of the push of these of this group. This is when they started it. Wow. So they named their plant this high CBD plant, Charlotte's Web, and that is a very For famous girl. brand now. Wow. And that was then became legal in Colorado, and you could brand stuff. And if you look at Colorado, is probably the best example sure. of what legalization should look like. Um, but they're only in a state, so the whole banking laws and all the other stuff that's now. Well, that's the thing. Cash. There was the, the other yeah. the other knock was. The banks weren't accepting their cash if they knew it was coming right. from Canada. It's just ridiculous. Everything's backwards. You don't have the marketing. You can't do banking. But you have legalization and you can sell. But if you're going to sell it, you better your hand your hands are tied or you're handcuffed. Exactly. Or you're, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But the people that are doing this, these are people that really believe in it. Like it's, and this is the thing is that in today's world, yeah. especially in the business world and the investment world, they're all looking for these cash cows or these amazing, you know, make it rich things. Sure. But there's no quick answer, particularly when there's so much stigma around the plant, whether it be on the banking side, because it is still illegal to bank in cannabis in the U.S. It's now, I think it's up for discussion right now in Congress. I'm not sure where it's at. That doesn't make sense. It's just backwards because you, you can you can leave. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So that's all this, the stories and this understanding and the still how the plant interacts with a person is both a major detriment to individuals if they don't fully understand their own biology yeah. and is a detriment to the, the investment and the, the business opportunity because if people have a bad experience but don't know why, they're not going to go back and do it again. So yeah. you've effectively you know, killed it before yeah. it's even started because there is no basis of understanding and education for how it interacts with your body and why and why it's different than alcohol. And there's there's one simple, very simple answer to that. And for, and that is, is that all of those other vices out there that we know are, now we know are very bad for you, like tobacco, like alcohol, those things hurt your body. They're chemical, they're non-organic compounds that literally right. poison your body. Right. Can, cannabis not the case. Our bodies have something called the endocannabinoid system, which has receptors all over our body in different densities that fully absorb the compounds that come out of cannabis. Um, and, and because of that, that means that our bodies have a very specific interaction with that plant that is different from one person to the next. No, you know, this, this is incredible. You're saying something that actually makes sense from the investment venture capital because the last couple of years, the trend was that, I, again, being overseas – and I looked at a lot of venture capital funding for the past two, three years. But the CBD, or the CBD, uh, not the stigma, or not stigma, not the, the marketing side, but just the actual pure plays. And several 
like from venture capital, the major investments over the last couple of years in that area. So I, I, people get it. Somebody's getting it, um, you know, and, and they're getting it in the right way. It's just matter, as you said, to your point, there's a lack of edu- a broader awareness across the globe or across the, the spectrum. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Well, look, I want to there's a couple of things I want to say, because when you said the podcast, I looked at the other pod, I Googled or I Apple uh, searched. There's there's wine, woman and and weed. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one. <laughs> there's. Uh, I've heard about them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I've I've never listened to it, but I've heard of it. And then I'm, there's. I'm not a massive podcaster, but uh, yeah. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna need to. So the <laughs> cannabis talk, which is good, and then but back earlier saying there's one called cheap homegrown or cheap home grow. So probably they've been. I looked. They've got a lot of episodes, and that back to your point about people just growing it for a while for medicinal purposes. And then there's the Cannabis Investment Network, CIN. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, oh, you're, you're part, wait, 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 it's the international, there was the, can you, I, can't, I can't even read my own writing, but you're part of the National Cannabis Working Group, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part of the Chamber of Commerce of Canada. So okay. that's a, you know, very conservative <laughs> group of people. Right. No, but I've been to some of their dinners and it's friggin', um, <laughs> I, I, it's funny, I went to their, so the, the cha- Chamber of Commerce, you know, it's a thousand-year-old institution, sure, right? sure. like Chambers of Commerce is, you know, date back to the Roman times, but um, this, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. Did they have robes day. and everything? Were they wearing robes and wigs as well? No, no, oh, okay. but everything's very formal, and yeah. it's very expensive, you know, we had steak dinner, sure. we, were in the, we were in the conservatory, what's it called, the Royal... Uh, military conservatory building in, in Toronto was where I, the first one I went to, and it's you know they're they're stuffy but they're networky of high end, you know top of companies kind of thing right yeah. like that's what the chamber's all about. But the National Cannabis Working Group is the members of the that piece are all of the companies, most of the sure. companies that are either publicly traded or the bigger companies in Canada, Canada and cannabis. And this is an opportunity as a group to lobby government for the changes that are needed for this industry, which is a lot, by the way. And a lot has been done yeah. because of this group. Um, but I'm part of it because I want to hear what the problems are. Um, um, because I'm a little guy, like I'm a small, I'm an auxiliary member because I'm not, a, I don't make cannabis. I'm a Don't a, label I'm, yourself. We've talked about this. <laughs> I know you're already LaBelle, but no. I'm nimble. I'm nimble. So I can sit in these yeah. conversations and listen yep. and absorb without being a big player, right? Sure. Which is good. It means I can get into these, these groups and listen to what's happening and speak my piece. I have an equal platform as everybody else. Nice. The same membership. Nice. But I get into these conversations and plant these kind of crazy ideas, which aren't so crazy, especially not in this sector. Um that need this little bit more push and this little more bit more reminder, but yet we're working within a framework of government and of industry yeah. that's very old and very stuck in the mud. That's right. And lots of men are involved, so you sort of have to be creative to get heard. That's um, incredible. If you take the creative ideas, win your passion. I, it's you, you. You said 2018. You had the MBA project that failed, and look at the passion in, in less than two years. I mean, it's incredible your knowledge. Um, you know, in, in less than two years, the amount you've accumulated, you didn't get a degree. You don't have a degree, degree in cannabis, right? You haven't Nobody s- does. That's impossible. Right? I would like to create a university, but it's still early. <laughs> but there's, a, there's courses, there's information. Anyway, it's brilliant. Yeah. Malka, I, I literally, so let, let's, let's, one last topic of, of COVID. And you mentioned that, that young girl, maybe I'll get the name off of you because I like the Charlotte's Web. Uh, yeah. She had died. Yeah, so what's happening in COVID, the COVID period? In your movement, or not your movement, but your passion, what's anything you can share with the listeners? Yeah. 
there's some really interesting stuff out there. So first of all, COVID has been given us the opportunity to do some research on cannabis, particularly with COVID uh, as well. And we're actually seeing, this is cool, this is happening out of, I saw this at the University of Lethbridge, so in Alberta here, yeah. um, has seen some preliminary understanding that um, um, people that are people that are using cannabis yeah. um, that contract COVID their uh, sickness or their illness is not as severe and they typically wow. overcome it. I haven't seen all the results yet, yeah. um, but that plays to the actually the biological connection that cannabis has with our body and largely it's a balanced thing. So if our bodies are so out of whack or whatever state they're in and you apply cannabis as a treatment or as a preventative, your chances of succeeding on any illness spectrum are yeah. much higher because you're complementing your own biological system with something that's making it stronger. And that's my theory, but that's what we're starting to see with the initial research around COVID. So okay. So you, and maybe some of your, 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 what you've been doing, anything innovative. So you've done some more research and you're saying research is coming out. What about anything with your clients or has this been a similar, people have been doing more research now because of the slowdown or. Yeah. Well, I mean, the push for cannabis research has, um, is, been going for a while um, yeah. and getting studies funded is again still a major hurdle because of the stigma um so that's still an issue but what we're seeing is obviously within the industry we're seeing that cannabis is also something that keeps people calm and um somewhat less stressed in these times of stressfulness yeah so we're seeing a major spike in sales across the board with almost all of the companies that are selling cannabis okay. particularly from the retailer side right so there are several retailers where you can see that in their financial statements that they're they're these despite covid has been it went we went COVID is essentially what we've seen is that cannabis has become a black market or an illegal good to a essential good in 18 months. Right. And the sales have reflected that. Oh, okay. Right. That's interesting. So, I mean, I guess that plays well if, let, for, say, Ontario, investing in Ontario or areas where there's the remote areas. If it, I mean, particularly if you think of the COVID where the, the, the vacation homes, they say, don't come. You know, don't come yeah, to Canada. Yeah. Don't come to Sylvan Lake. You know, if, if you have, maybe it's, this could be an offset to if people are, I mean, I'm again, just speaking loudly or out, out loud here and saying, well, there you go. Maybe the cannabis store in that Sylvan Lake would make sense. You yeah, know. a cannabis store would make sense. I mean, they don't want people to come for COVID because their health system can't, you know. They don't know, as I'm saying, so if this has an inhibitor or inhibits, take some kind of a yeah, CBD I mean, product. Yeah. Days, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience, I mean, I know that cannabis has, has prop healing properties in it, and I've seen that in lots of examples yeah. um, that are quite remarkable. Um, but even just as an everyday anecdote or antidote, um, you know, like using CBD every yeah. day, yeah. Um, like one of those things, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, the concept around CBD is kind of like that too. Um, so it's, it's just something that... There's no downside, right? There's 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 literally no downside that we've discovered yet, sure. and that has been harmful to people uh, or death. Well, unlike um, our neighbor to the south who recommended trying uh, disinfectants and, and yeah, don't do that. And, <laughs> you know, this this actually this actually has a positive impact or could have a positive impact. Yeah, yeah. And, and following dosing guidelines. I mean, there's a reason. So the other thing, cannabis is, is they keep the dosing low for Canadian products, which is yeah. good. You want to try it out, see if it works. You know, because you can get high. I wouldn't get behind the wheel of a car. Sure, too much sure. 
Um, so yeah, there are there are some downsides, but I think for the most part, with COVID, it allows people to experiment in their homes without that like, oh, I gotta go somewhere, be somewhere. And, yeah, there's no travel. You know, <laughs> yeah, wow, Malka, this is Malka. Really, thanks so much. This has been the, your first of all. Your passion is incredible for this for this product, but uh, just overall the topic and a wealth of knowledge of information on in a short period of time. But thank you for coming out today or sharing with you know the guests or my, my listeners or two out there. And, um, but <laughs> well, I'll definitely share this with my audience too. Like, and LinkedIn, like my, you know, LinkedIn has been a really good place for me to, to share my perspective. Yeah. Um, and I, as that's how sort of, I think we can initially over, over that as well. We, uh, so I think that's a great thing as an amplifier for this message because it does cross, uh, borders and barriers and everything. Yeah. Um, so that's a place to get this out there. And it is the, 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 the uh, business community, which is the, this is the side that I'm It's a real to business. Educate. There's business all around us. It's like tech is all around us. I've had the discussion, but the cannabis stores are all around us. And I'm like, but why does it seem like it's this dirty adult bookstore or whatever it is? I mean, come on, right? Yeah. Step, in, step out of the 90s, you know. You're right. You, go to I'll London. Think, you, uh, if you ever go to, go to London and if you go just – if you go past uh, Trafalgar Square and up the road there, one of those roads, and literally the adult stores are everywhere, right? But this whole – and it's like it, – but it's so prevalent. And then you go – every little phone booth you go, there are stickers everywhere, Right. And, you know, why they're not in the closet. Why do we have to be in the closet? I don't know. It's, it's funny. Or whatever you want to call it, if it's not the closet. Well, and the stigma. Yeah. And the stigma. That, back to your website. The first thing I see when you open up your website. Literally, thank you so much, Malka. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Alan. All right. Take care. Have, stay safe. I will. Bye-bye. Bye.